Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. If we can grasp this universe vision, it will revolutionize our lives. This is a quote from Isaiah's End Time Vision, a booklet available to you for free at thetrumpet.com, written by Philadelphia Church of God Pastor General Gerald Flurry. Well, that's quite a statement. What is this universe vision? If it really could revolutionize our lives, isn't that pretty important for us to know about? He's talking about a couple verses here in Isaiah chapter 9. I'll just read them to you. Isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So this is talking about a family government, God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son. And it's talking about their government. Notice here verse 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the eternal of hosts will perform this. We're talking about ever-expanding government. Now, I'm sure I've talked many times about how ever-expanding government on earth today under human beings is a very bad thing. We're seeing that in America. We're seeing that in plenty of other places where people we elected to serve us, think they can force us to stay inside for a whole year. They're going to try at some point to force us to get vaccinated before we can travel out of the country. They think they can tell us, like Joe Biden did last night, that if we behave ourselves like good little sheep, then he might just let us celebrate Independence Day with other people. So no, big government is not a good thing on the physical level when human beings are in charge of it. It's really like slavery. It's not pleasant at all for anyone in such a system. You can look at communist nations throughout history and the hundreds of millions of people who have died under those types of tyrannical governments, those big governments. Tucker Carlson said recently that We're being led by the type of people who could starve to death in a grocery store. So these are leaders who, as the book of Isaiah says, think like children. They act like children. They have no idea what they're doing. So we have to get past that bad experience with government to understand how good the right kind of government really is. There's a version of that, a small example of that in God's church today, the Philadelphia Church of God, a loving family government, 
And it's a type of the government that is about to expand all over the earth and all over the universe forever. As Mr. Flurry points out, all throughout his book, the prophet Isaiah keeps repeating this subject. He keeps on talking about God's family government, a government that will always expand. The universe is a pretty big place. We don't even know how big exactly that it is, but there is scientific evidence that the universe continues to expand from however large it was in the first place. It just keeps on growing. Likewise, the government that will soon rule that universe is going to keep on growing for all eternity. And it's a good government. Here on page 32 of the Isaiah's End Time Vision booklet, Mr. Flurry writes, God's plan is first of all to teach family government to his church today. Secondly, this government will be taught to the whole world by God and his first fruits. Thirdly, God's government will fill the universe and never stop growing. God's universal paradise will continue expanding forever. And later on he says, God's purpose for Operation Earth is to prepare mankind to rule the whole universe forever. So, if God is going to trust human beings to become born into his family, to become spirit beings like him, and to rule the entire universe, don't you think he probably expects us to pass a test before he gives us that incredible reward, that opportunity, that responsibility? Don't you think maybe he wants us to pass a test to make sure we are capable of ruling the entire universe before he actually trusts us to do so? This universe vision will revolutionize our lives because it tells us that our experience on earth today is really just a training ground. We're supposed to be learning the lessons we need to learn in order to rule the universe in the future. And obviously, as human beings, we have a whole lot to learn. There's so much to discover in the Bible, even things we've studied before in the Bible. We might forget, and that's why we have to study them again. The Bible also indicates that there are plenty of other books we don't even have access to yet in, in, in God's library. And we can learn so much more once we finally get to read those books. And even if we're just talking about the physical realm, the world around us, the universe around us, there's so much we still don't know. If you just look around you at the problems facing society, it's even clear that humans don't understand their own purpose. They don't even understand how to deal with the problems that plague them all the time. Obviously, humans are having a very hard time on their own discovering the only way to lasting peace and happiness, prosperity, abundance, joy, cooperation with each other. 
So yes, we do have a lot to learn. And that's exactly what this entire physical life is all about. Now, just think about how much that simple understanding would change the way that people live, how much it really would revolutionize our lives. If we knew that this was only our first chance at life, and it's not even the best life we're yet to live, because it doesn't compare to life as a God being in God's family, if we understand that, then perhaps we'd live with a little bit less fear today. We wouldn't be so desperate to cling to physical life, even if it means locking ourselves inside for a whole year, double masking, isolating from family and friends, and depressing ourselves just to stay alive in misery. Perhaps we wouldn't be so eager to rush to get a vaccine that plenty of people are already dying from, and to get shot up with that disease multiple times, not even just once. You see, even from a physical standpoint, even from a health standpoint, it would change some things. God does have health laws, and they have nothing to do with vaccines. They have nothing to do with staying home if you're healthy. They have nothing to do with covering your breathing holes so that you're not even allowed to breathe normally anymore. No, there are real health laws. There is a way to enjoy abundant health physically, but also abundant health spiritually. Now, that would revolutionize our lives too. If we understood this is just the first life and we are supposed to be learning all we can about our second life, that would make a lot more people a lot more urgent about studying the Bible. They would understand what that book is all about, how it is our training manual. It's supposed to teach us what we need to know, what we need to learn how to teach ourselves today and in the future. It would really revolutionize our lives. I've been talking with my Imperial Academy 9th and 10th grade Bible class about the Passover, that's actually two weeks from tonight. The meaning of that annual observance. And there is just a recurring theme in that instruction about how Passover is not the end of God's master plan. It, Christ did say right before he died, it is finished. But he was talking about his time on earth his job as a human being on earth to declare the good news of the coming kingdom of God, to qualify to replace Satan by defeating him in the titanic battle of the ages, to perform miracles, to show God's will to heal, his healing power, to be resurrected. We're saved by Christ's life, as Romans 5 verse 10 says. If Christ just died for our sins and that's it, he wasn't resurrected, we'd have no path to follow. We'd have no reason to follow his example because there'd be nothing else left to obtain. But as it is, because Christ was resurrected, because he's qualified to replace Satan over the earth in the near future, 
we can strive to follow that same path ourselves, living every day to conquer Satan and to grow in God's character and to try to obtain that same future reward. Obviously not as great as Christ, but under him in his family government, ruling over the earth, eventually ruling over the, the universe too. So just the fact that Christ was resurrected does make all the difference. It does help us really start to grasp this universe vision. You have God the Father. You have Christ the Son. They're both alive today, working hard for us, trying to help us transition into members of their family very soon. They have perfect timing in this. Of course, there's God's church. They come first, but all mankind in due time will have a real opportunity to learn about God, to live his way of life, and to be born into that family too. This is a plan that is so outstanding, so incredible for human beings to be a part of. It means even one day being greater than the mighty angels. Hebrews 2 shows that, how Christ was for a little while lower than the angels, but then he was resurrected from the dead, and he has inherited the universe. He is about to restore God's family government to the earth and the universe. But just like Christ when he was a human, we today as human beings are temporarily lower in status than the angels, but we will also one day exceed those magnificent spirit beings. Hebrews 1 verse 5 says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, You are my son, this day have I begotten you, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. God never said that to the angels. The angels are God's sons only in the sense that God created them, but they are not in that actual father-son type relationship like we can enjoy with him. But the thing is that's interesting about that point about the angels is that even in this new plan, ever since Satan and the demons rebelled probably many years ago, even in this new plan where two-thirds of the angels remain loyal and human beings are one day going to surpass them in power and glory, even those loyal angels will also receive a promotion. Did you ever really think about that? I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that much until studying this booklet again, Isaiah's End Time Vision, again, available to you for free at thetrumpet.com. It's not like the angels who were loyal in the midst of that massive rebellion, that attempt to to overthrow God, are demoted somehow. They were loyal. They'll be rewarded too. They have greater purpose and potential now than they did. Even though humans are going to surpass them one day, the angels receive a promotion too. Humans receive a promotion. Angels receive a promotion. Obviously, Christ 
received a gigantic reward for his sacrifice, for his perfect life on earth. Everyone who is loyal is rewarded significantly, really beyond belief. So, yes, we often do mention how humans have the potential to become greater than the angels. But we also must remember that the angels are going to be blessed as well. They are being blessed right now because they stayed loyal when so many others didn't. Everyone prospers under this universe plan. But so much of it has to do with the way we interact with, the way we obey government today. This booklet contains a lot of strong warnings to God's rebellious church. And I was talking about that with my Bible class this morning, too. The Worldwide Church of God, after Herbert W. Armstrong died in 1986, changed in so many obvious ways, even related to Passover. They changed. A Christian is supposed to follow Christ. And yet so many of their changes right after Mr. Armstrong died made it clear that they didn't care about following Christ anymore. And that's why God has to warn them and correct them so that they will return to this universe vision. But after Mr. Armstrong died, they were already saying that Christ is the central figure of the gospel instead of God the Father. You see, if you erase the father from the family plan, what's really left? We have to understand that God, the father, is at the top of the God family government structure. And Christ repeatedly declared the father while he was on earth. John 1 verse 18. We have to understand as well some of these other changes and how devastating they really are. Really, really, a lot of these changes from the WCG are related to Passover. They started to say that it's not always God's will to heal, even though the ultimate healing is in the resurrection. You see, the whole reason why we try to live a certain way now is because Christ was re resurrected. And we want to obtain the reward that Christ obtained. If he just died and stayed dead, then we would just do whatever we felt like. There would be nothing to strive for anymore. So the ultimate healing is always in the resurrection. That's the truth about healing. We've talked about that before. But to say it's not always God's will to heal, that some people he wants to heal, others he doesn't care. To say that some people who really did obey God and had faith in God's healing power, died anyway because God actually doesn't want to heal? What a devastating belief. And it's totally false. It's such a sick lie. They started to say as well that there's no such thing as physical sin. I mean, just think about all the things you could do to your physical body to destroy it. And, and to think that God wouldn't even care about that. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 calls the body the temple of the Holy Spirit. Shouldn't we try to keep that temple clean? Now, I've come short in that area plenty of times. But it's totally different to just think that, while it's not even important at all to try to strive for good health, to obey God's health laws, 
Christ died for our spiritual sins, breaking the Ten Commandments, and he also died for our physical sins, breaking those health laws. Yet the WCG stopped teaching that after Mr. Armstrong died. And those are, those are the types of sacrifices we commemorate on the Passover. Christ dying for our spiritual sins, being beaten brutally for our physical sins before he even died. But all of this is to open up the universe vision to all mankind. And Christ still lives today. The book of Hebrews shows that he lives as our advocate to the Father when we sin. Christ can relate to the human experience, our weaknesses, our frailties, because he was a human too. And so he can give God that much-needed perspective when we fall short. And he can plead our case to God the Father so that they're still having mercy on us and patience with us. Christ is our intercessor. We go through him to access the Father in prayer. And every day we try to follow his example because he has inherited the universe and we want to have that too. We want to be a part of that too. Mr. Fleury says on page 34 of Isaiah's End Time Vision, all of these trials are a part of God's plan to get us into the universe. We must keep this universe vision in our minds or the trials will discourage us. If we keep this glorious universe vision in our minds, nothing can get us down for long. Imagine the whole universe filled with God's beauty and joy. Today, we only get flashes of that breathtaking glory. Soon, it will be reality in our daily existence. That's right. Take a look at the universe. There are some splendid pictures available of the universe. We can see what's out there to a certain extent. And it is glorious in a way, but at the same time, it's empty, it's uninhabited. It looks, in some ways, worn out or beaten up. Romans 8 talks about the universe crying out for the sons of God. Because very soon, God's sons will beautify all of that. That creation that was beaten and battered when Satan and the demons rebelled against God, that whole entire creation that was made subject to decay with no one to finish the beautification of it because the angels failed. But the universe will soon blossom like the rose very soon. That's what this entire book of Isaiah, this booklet, Isaiah's End Time Vision, are all about. Now just notice here one thing that God expects of us if we really want to go out and obtain that universe reward. Isaiah 57 verse 15. For thus says the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble 
and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Mr. Flurry writes here on page 35, this verse is probably more revealing than any verse in the Bible about God's plan for man. So this is talking about the supreme creator of everything dwelling with humble people. Those who don't think too much of themselves. Those who are contrite or truly remorseful for their sins and the sacrifice that those required. Mr. Flurry continues, God inhabits eternity. He is apart from time. Men are constantly hounded by time. We live a few years, then we die, usually doing a lot of groaning along the way. God wants to free us from the bondage of time. That's what our future is. We're free from the bondage of time. We are not going to have a ticking clock that ends in our death. Death won't exist very soon. We'll live forever in the universe. That's the universe vision. But God will only give it to these humble and contrite people. Everyone who wants to obtain that reward must become that way. That's the type of mindset we must be building all the time. And how, how better could we start to become humble today than to submit to God's government today, to realize that that government is there to help us, to realize how much that government loves us. It does take humility to obey sometimes. It takes humility to obey in everyday life, not just to authority figures within God's church. But how, how much can we learn that humble mentality through just simply learning how to obey and look at what awaits us if we can. The entire universe, that's the universe vision. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.